Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com, or visit our Patreon page for over 30 more miscarriage stories, as well as exclusive content. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Thank you for tuning in. I have Sarah with me here today who's going to share her story about experiencing a missed miscarriage after her first round of IVF. The miscarriage occurred around 11 weeks, and I'm so glad you're here to share your story today, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So take us to the beginning of this journey for you, if you can kind of, you know, even summarize, because if you're at the point of doing IVF, this must have been a difficult thing for you. Yeah, so it's been been a long, long road. So we um, we started trying for a baby oh, years ago, several years. Um, and, you know, we went through all of the um, tests and everything once we realized that things kind of weren't happening naturally for us. Um, so went through, you know, blood work, scans, um, different procedures. Um, and eventually we got a diagnosis of unexplained infertility which is quite frustrating because that's not um, much of a diagnosis no it would be nice to to know so there there was nothing that they could find sort of that was physically um stopping us from getting pregnant so they referred us to a fertility clinic and um we decided to um do our first round of IVF um about this time last year um by the time we actually kind of got got into it um it was uh January the start of January when we started so uh that's a whole kind of process in excel in itself in terms of going through um all of the uh you know the scans and monitoring and you know checking that your your ovaries are responding and you've got follicles and you're going to get some eggs so um by the time we got to egg retrieval that was the 10th of January so that was the um, kind of date of conception, I suppose. So they retrieved um, nine eggs and seven of them fertilized. So we were excited about that. That was great news. Um, But by day three, so the the aim is to get to day five and hopefully have um, a good quality embryo to put back. Um, By day three, we only had one of our seven that was um, kind of still going strong. So they they said, come in we'll we'll put this one back this one looks good um and then that was kind of it we didn't have anything left to to put in the freezer um which is hope with IVF but but never mind um so we um we went in for the transfer they put put the embryo back in and then we started the the two-week wait which well anyone who's tried for a baby knows <laughs> the kind of cycle of that two-week wait yes. um where you wait to take your pregnancy test but um we uh I 
they, they tell you to wait until till your test day but um I I couldn't I know a lot of, a lot of women do struggle with that as well so I actually took took a test I think it was about four days earlier than I should have um and I had a very very faint positive um and so we were uh, we were like okay let's not get excited you know let's just wait and I, I tested every day then and watched the line get darker um and uh on my actual test day I, I phoned the clinic and said yeah we've got a positive um which was great we were over the moon obviously we'd, we'd never seen that before in our you know three three or four years of, of trying naturally so we were absolutely thrilled um so with IVF they um they book you in then straight away for a scan at seven weeks so I got my my appointment to go in at, at seven weeks for a scan um so during that time we were you know we still they give you all of the statistics about you know everything that can go wrong every step of the way with IVF so you know that that things you know still might not work out but obviously we'd never got that far before so we were we were happy. I was I was nauseous all the time, so I was sort of get getting the symptoms and thinking that was a good sign. Um, so at seven weeks, we went to the clinic and went in for our our first scan. Um, we uh, kind of got in and and sort of laid down, and the um, so it was a. Um, internal scan I was very used to having those by then because you have them sort of every other day <laughs> in IVF um and the midwife who was doing the scan was quiet for a long time which um you know makes makes you oh, nervous yes um so she she said you know I'm just I'm just checking you know but I don't want to say anything until, until I've had a proper look and then she said um I can see the baby and there is a heartbeat but it's measuring behind where it should be and obviously with IVF because they know exactly when um the the baby was conceived um that that you know isn't good but she was sort of like okay you know it's about a week behind you know we've got the heartbeat we saw you know saw it on the screen saw the little flicker (laughs) um but she said you know we need to get you back in a week um to see whether it, you know, it, it, it's grown or not. Um, so at that point, we kind of went away, and uh, we were we were still quite hopeful. We were thinking, you know, maybe you know it, it can turn around. You know, um, so had that long week wait. Went back in the next week, and um, we saw the same midwife. She was lovely, and um, she said that it had grown a little bit um but and the heartbeat was still there but it was it was weaker so she was like you'll have to come back again in another week and at that point my husband just asked outright and said you know what are we waiting for and she said we're waiting for for there to be no heartbeat um so (laughs) went away and then had another week of waiting and it was just you know awful because we knew at that point that there was nothing we could do and and that was it and it was just kind of waiting for that appointment to be told that yeah what we what we knew it would be that there was no heartbeat um the the third appointment so that I went back to um my husband couldn't actually come to that appointment either so 
I was on my own <laughs> and oh, I, uh, I got I, I, I got there and uh, she had been very good and she was like I'll, I'll give you the last appointment of the day um, so that you won't have to you know be walking out when there are other people here um, but I sort of got into the waiting room and was just sort of sat and then as soon as she walked out to get me I just burst into tears <laughs> um, and she took me in and um, and she checked and and there was no heartbeat that day um and you know she showed me so I could see um which which was good every time you know she uh, we went in she would show me so you know help me to kind of be sure that that you know she was what she was telling me was right um and so that was that was hard about you know had a cry and they were very good at the clinic and sort of you know got me a cup of tea and <laughs> um sort of let me wait a while to sort of um get myself together and she she went and phoned the local hospital um and made me an appointment for the Monday to go into the early pregnancy unit so that they could talk me through what my options were so um sort of went home that was on the Thursday um and I was booked into hospital on the Monday so um I was just spending a lot of time in bed <laughs> at that point um just sort of on my own sort of thinking and I sort of thought I had sort of come to it was a weird feeling because even though I knew um you know this was never going to be a baby I kind of also didn't want to let it go so I sort of felt like while I while I had it I still wanted to keep it safe it was I don't know it's weird kind of feeling and um so I was like okay right we'll just get through this weekend and go in on Monday and then you know decide what to do um but on the Saturday um it was about about midday and I was just um sort of upstairs in bed and I just got a, a, a really bad pain in sort of the, the left side of my um my pelvic area and it was just a really sharp, horrible pain. And I sort of was like, oh, ow, that really hurts. And I sort of got up, walked around, was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's really, really, really uncomfortable. I sort of called my husband. It was like, oh, you know, this really hurts. And we thought, oh, this must be, you know, the miscarriage starting. Um, and uh, the pain sort of just radiated across my whole whole stomach and, and round my back and, I sort of couldn't do anything, whatever position I was in, I was just kind of in so much pain. Um, I, I ran a bath, sort of thought maybe I'll sit in the bath and that that will help, didn't help at all. In the end, my husband phoned, um, here in the UK, UK we have sort of a, a um, sort of helpline that you can call. Um, so you're not calling an ambulance, it's just kind of you get through to, to a nurse on the other end. Um, and they said, uh, go down to the hospital, go to A&E. So uh, we went down to A&E and uh, I wasn't bleeding at all at this point. Um, it was just this excruciating pain. Um, and they sort of got me into a room and started giving me pain relief. And that kind of went on for ages. I was like, no, it still really, really hurts. It still really, really hurts. And um they then admitted me and took me up to a ward in the evening. And I think it was about probably eight o'clock that I find that they finally gave me enough painkillers that I was 
able to kind of think right okay I'm, <laughs> I can think about something else other than the pain now and had you started um, bleeding no still no okay. bleeding oh wow so, all that pain yeah so um what what we what we think now is that it probably when when you go through IVF and they stimulate your ovaries your ovaries get very very enlarged and if you get pregnant they stay enlarged so I know that my ovaries were very big um so we think that actually it might have been either a cyst on my ovary might have burst or, or my ovary might have twisted um but yeah at the time I sort of just in so much pain and didn't really know what was going on um we sort of didn't think to kind of think of that at the time um and the doctors as I was booked in on the Monday anyway for a scan they said oh we'll scan you on the Monday um and then sort of go from there um but the the I, I got onto the ward and it was sort of six beds in, in a ward and um one of the other ladies on the ward uh was pregnant she was in for severe morning sickness um so uh I could hear her sort of talking to some of the other ladies about like her pregnancy and sort of being you know she was going to be hopefully going home the next day and so I was just sort of just had the curtain around the bed and just sort of lying there sort of crying like oh it was just awful um and yeah so luckily the next day so on the Sunday they um had a, a side room open up so that I actually did get to go into a room on my own which was um good sort of so it was kind of away from from everybody else um and yeah they just kept treating me for the pain still no bleeding so on the Monday I had already had this appointment booked so I was going to go and have a scan um and they were going to see what was going on so on that um on that Monday morning I had this appointment booked and I uh, I was getting so anxious about being late for this appointment <laughs> and I kept I kept ringing the bell and sort of saying oh I've got this appointment um you know I really need to get there and they were like yeah yeah it's okay and then I thought they'd forgotten and I'd ring it again and I was crying and I was like I can't miss my appointment um and uh yeah eventually they 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 were just really busy and eventually I did get to go but um it was not like um kind of the scans I'd had at the fertility clinic at all it was the sonographer was obviously just you know back to back very rushed and just sort of had a look and was like oh yeah they're right uh there's no heartbeat um and and that was it and I sort of just went back to my to my room <laughs> on my own I was just sort of like yeah sort of just sad um then a, a doctor came around and and they talked me through they they said you know you can either go home um and, and wait um you or we can give you the medication they they didn't really offer me a dnc at that point they said that um because um even though i was sort of 10 weeks along by then um because the baby had stopped growing when it was sort of you know six or seven weeks they were like we wouldn't normally um you know just offer a dnc for that so um i decided that i just would have the medication and kind of get it dealt with rather than go home and then um kind of have to go through it there um 
I don't know, I think I potentially regret that now, but um, it, uh, yeah, so I had, um, I had the tablets uh, that day, but nothing happened um, overnight. So did they keep they, you they, in the hospital for this? They, they did, yeah. So oh, I was okay. still in, um, and they was I was still on painkillers as well. Um, uh, I I don't know at that point whether I was still having the pain or not because I was just taking the painkillers. Um, but yeah, I, I, they they kept me in, and um, so they gave me more tablets the next day. Um, and then uh, I kind of went to sleep that night and um, woke up in the night and c- could feel I, I was I was bleeding. So I kind of got up and um, sort of rang the bell. I was like, <laughs> you know, blood everywhere. I, I don't think I they hadn't really warned me what to expect. So um, I, I kind of was. Ha- you know wake up half asleep and was like oh you know this is a lot more than I expected went to the toilet and passed um uh, a huge clot and was just sort of I got you know all kind of hot and and sick and felt like I might faint and <laughs> um so uh the nurses kind of came and and helped me and gave me a big a huge <laughs> um kind of sanitary towel that, that was um, massive and, and said, you know, this is this. It's fine. This is what we would expect. So don't panic. Um, but they they asked me then to um, uh, kind of capture everything that that came out. So they wanted to see the pads and they wanted me to use these little cardboard sort of hat looking things. Um, so it was just it was just so sort of. I do, I don't really think I registered it at the time but looking back it was just sort of really degrading it was like just kind of yeah n- not nice and um I think I just I wasn't really um in a very good headspace at the time I didn't really care I just <laughs> was like okay let's just I've got to get through this and and that's it so uh the the next day I sort of carried on with that still bleeding still passing um kind of big clots and things but um when the doctor came around to see me um that afternoon she said that they were getting worried because I was bleeding so much and they didn't think that I had passed everything yet so um she took me into um an examination room and had a look she was like maybe if I can just have a look we can you know either either clear it or, or see what's going on so went in there and legs up in the stirrups and she was kind of looking and trying to see what she could get at and so that was horrible as well I did have a nice nurse with me he was holding my hand um the whole oh, time wow. uh, but yeah she said no you know there's still you haven't passed everything and I can't I can't get get to it so we're gonna have to take you in um for an emergency DNC. So luckily at this point, my husband was there because it was visiting hours. So he'd finished work and um, kind of come down to see me. So he was there, the anaesthetist came um, and they wheeled me down to theatre. And 
yeah did, did the procedure I sort of came around and the doctor said yeah okay it, it's all fine now um we've got everything um but they did say that because if I'd lost so much blood I would need to have a blood transfusion <laughs> oh, wow and are you by yourself this whole time um so at that point my husband had waited they'd let him stay so when I came back to my room after the surgery he was there so that was nice um and uh he sort of just you know I was still a bit out of it then but he, he was there and made sure I was okay and then went home um and then and then that night I wasn't they weren't going to give me the blood transfusion until the morning and so I, they didn't even want me to sort of get up out of bed because I might pass out so I had to use a bedpan to sort of go go for a wee um so yeah it was just oh, one thing after another and um and, and by that point I just wanted to go home <laughs> uh because I'd just been on my own in the hospital for about five days by that point and just kind of uh, alone with my own thoughts um kind of just thinking about all of this that, that was happening to me and you know this <laughs> this baby that I'd wanted for so long that you know just wasn't gonna make it and you know was I gonna get another chance so yeah I was just uh, by that that the next day when I woke up they were like right okay do the blood transfusion you need to have two units and I didn't realize how long <laughs> it takes to <laughs> actually have a transfusion because obviously it takes quite a long time for the blood to actually go in <laughs> so it's hours <laughs> um so I was hooked up to this um kind of machine all day for for them to get the blood in and um I was like oh you know if it if we get it done you know will I be able to go home later and they were like oh maybe but we'll have to test um test you again to make sure that you know you're back up to your levels are back to where we need them to be and so um it got to kind of about six o'clock and I thought right okay I'm probably not gonna be able to go home but um, I called the nurse and I was like, can you at least do the blood test so that I can, you know, in the morning, hopefully we'll know that I'm okay and I can go home as soon as possible. So she came in and was trying to take my blood, but just couldn't, my my arms were all swollen up from um, all the blood they put in. So trying to get a vein was impossible and she was just poking me with this needle. And um, she... Uh, she said to me she apologized and she's like oh you know I'm so sorry but you know don't worry if you can if you can get through this then um you know labor will be nothing and once you've got the baby it'll all be fine or something along those lines and she obviously didn't realize why oh. I was there or what what I'd gone through and I sort of oh I just sort of sat there and I was just really shocked and just didn't say anything um and yeah and then she sort of just left and I was like I didn't really know what to do I was just was like how can she not know <laughs> um but anyway the next day she came came back in the morning she was before she went off of her shift and, and apologized and I sort of just burst into tears and uh, yeah I just was like <laughs> oh that's you know the last thing that, that I needed was comments like that but um, yeah, so then the uh, the next day, uh, I did finally get to go home. So uh, I 
uh, yeah, my husband came and got me about lunchtime and I, I came home and just was just so relieved to sort of just be back and, uh, you know, in my own <laughs> in my own bed and just not not in a hospital. So, yeah, that was that was it. And um, I, yeah, I took took the next week off of work um, and just had it at home. My mum and dad came came to visit um and that was it so yeah a very uh long uh hospital stint for yeah what was that five days uh it was six days in the end six days Uh, yeah I went in on the Saturday and I, I came home on the Friday the next Friday wow Wow. So when you were at the hospital, you said you were alone a lot of the time. Did you feel like you had the space to process what was going on emotionally or did it hit you most when you got home? Yeah, I I think it did. I think, I don't think it really hit me until quite a while afterwards. So I think when I was in the hospital, I was, I was upset, but I felt very numb. So I, I sort of, knew that I was upset and kind of knew what was happening but I think I just kind of was trying to almost block it out I don't know because I didn't I didn't do anything at all in those days you know I didn't have a tv I wasn't even listening to podcasts or anything I I literally was just lying (laughs) in bed and 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 thinking but I don't know yeah I just when I look back on it I just think I was just numb at the time totally understandable yeah and super normal so then when you got home did it unravel quickly was it just day by day I think it was when I initially first got home I think I was just I was kind of just relieved to be home and just you know out of the hospital and that it was kind of over um and then I think it was probably kind of after that, even when I went back to work, I kind of felt like glad to be back at work and doing something. But I think it was then kind of a couple of weeks after that, that the kind of realisation really hit me that, you know, this this actually happened to you. And um, then I started to think about, well, you know, what do I do now? Because it took me so long to get to that point. Um, and yeah so that that's when I think it really hit me hardest and um yeah it's just I think just been difficult ever since I think when when I was um before the the mis- so when in that period when kind of I knew that um you know it was a mis- miscarriage and and I wasn't going to have the baby I, I, that time as well I think I just remember sort of it was winter so it was dark and I'd walk home from uh I get the train home and then walk um back to my house and I just would be kind of walking home and just sort of crying to myself and just sort of feeling like I couldn't breathe like I had just this this weight in my chest um and I think I kind of felt like that a lot that I just kind of sometimes I just would feel like oh I just I can't catch my breath I can't breathe um and yeah I think that was 
uh, I, and still now even sometimes I would, just, I would just get that it would just kind of hit me um especially I had recently the um my due my due date <laughs> would have been the 3rd of October so that was a hard week um oh right just sort of yeah thinking you know where <laughs> what, what I should have been doing now and and obviously where I am and so that was hard it kind of all came back and and hit me again um kind of then and how are you doing now? So you just passed that October 3rd date. How's yeah. your body doing? How are your emotions doing? Where are you guys at moving forward? So we we actually um, have already done another round of IVF, which now when I look back on it, I think we did too quickly. Um, I sort of came out of that period of kind of you know okay I've had the miscarriage and I just wanted to to do something straight away and and kind of try again and we so we did another round um in August which um did not work unfortunately so again we had problems with our embryos um so uh we are now uh looking at changing our fertility clinic and going to think about try trying again so we're kind of focusing in now and thinking it's probably my egg quality that that might be um we've done some extra tests for my husband and his his sperm sperm is fine and just because of the embryo quality we think that might be it so um I'm sort of looking at extra supplements I can take and I mean I already kind of cut out (laughs) everything a long time ago in terms of you know anything that might be alcohol caffeine um changed all of my cosmetics so I don't have any phthalates or you know we don't use plastic all all the tropes (laughs) we already do but um yeah it's just everything we can to try and try and give ourselves the best chance and you know we still try naturally every month (laughs) uh hoping for a miracle but yeah We'll, we'll have to see. We'll Hopefully we will get there, but it's, yeah, just a long, long old road. It is a long road for you. Well, keep hanging in there, and thank you so much for sharing your story today. Interested in hearing more miscarriage stories? We have over 30 more episodes on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's P-A-T- R-E-O-N dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Stay connected. Find us on Instagram at managing.miscarriage, on Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit, and don't forget to download our free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating so more women can find us. Also, listen to exclusive episodes directly on the Patreon app.